0: Hello and welcome to my podcast. My name is Josie, and today I'm going to discuss with you three characters from the show Gotham that I believe have broken the law in several unique ways. Many of the characters in the show Gotham do break the law, many more than what I will be listing in this podcast. However, I've picked these specific characters due to the fact that they have unique things that they have done. Many of them have broken the same laws, but they have done it in different ways. As a starter, for people that do not know, the show Gotham is a drama that was airing on Fox... And it focuses very much on the antagonists in the Batman story arcs. It tells the stories of how these people became villains and what made them do what they do. It doesn't focus very much on the hero, the Batman, the Cape Crusader at all. And it focuses more on the story of the villains. In this podcast, I'm going to talk about three specific villains, the laws that they've broken in the show, and how their punishments might differ in the real world. The three characters that I've chosen are the Penguin, Oswald Cobblepot, Jerome Velasca, and Ivy Pepper, who will later become Poison Ivy. The Penguin. In season one of Gotham, Oswald Cobblepot started out as an underling for a crime boss, Fish Mooney. She had him working in her club. He was pouring drinks, massaging her feet, doing what an underling in a working at a bar for the mob would do. However, Oswald decided to snitch in the first episode of season one when Fish Mooney and her boss Carmine Falcone were trying to cover up a conspiracy about a murder, the murder of Thomas and Martha Wayne, which is one of the biggest stories in the Batman lore. Oswald snitched and betrayed them, and as such was supposed to be killed, but he was not killed. So... He built alliances with other crime bosses and was secretly trying to turn each and every one of them against each other until he could have his rise to power. This ultimately succeeded, and as the show progressed, he became what he calls the King of Gotham. He rose to power, made alliances, made enemies lived as any mob boss would. However, in the show Gotham, the people of the city actually accept this. The police have tried and failed to take him down, and anybody working in the law just realized that there was no hope. There was no hope to take him down because he was connected in many areas that were very hard to disconnect him from the police force, city hall, any number of things. He even became the mayor of the city in the beginning of season three, just because of the rhetoric he was spilling to the city about how he was gonna clean it up. But in reality, this would not be how it would work. Besides the murder of many people There are special laws that apply only to mafias and organized crimes. This act is called the Racketeering Influence in Corrupt Organizations Act, which has several laws to prevent mob activity. These laws can have very harsh prison sentences on not just the bosses, of organized crime, but also all of the underlings and the people involved. These can have very harsh prison sentences, 20 years sometimes. According to Justia.com, this has been effective in trying to decrease the rates of organized crime. It is not just used against mafias, like what people see on TV, and what we think of when we think of a mob. It can be used against any enterprise that is corrupt and shows signs of organized crime. Not only do RICO law violations cause criminal charges, but then additional civil charges can be filed. If somebody has felt that they've been violated in a RICO law, then they can file a civil case. In this case, in Gotham, it is certainly going to be more focused on the criminal aspect. Oswald Cobblepot has been known to sell guns, smuggle money, hire hitmen, and kill people not only would oswald face the charges but also all of his underlings and anybody involved in his crimes oswald has many henchmen it's seen all throughout the show he brings them to fights he hires them to kill people one of the most well-known is victor zaz who originally worked for carmine falcone However, he decided to keep his rank, and he is now working for Oswald. So, he is a hitman. Oswald hires him to kill people. Now, that is against the law for Oswald to hire him. It violates the racketeering laws that are incorporated in the RICO Act. Not only would Oswald face these charges, but Victor Zaz also would. He would also face the murder charges. These laws were enacted in 1970 to try to reduce the amount of organized crime. People involved in organized crime feel more threatened by the law as they or their associates could be prosecuted for their illegal activities. Oswald also could face many murder charges. He not only has murdered enemies to his organization, but these enemies also have included law enforcement. He has tried to have Jim Gordon killed, He has condoned killing of many people. He started wars in the streets. Any large-scale amounts of murders can be seen as capital punishment. According to deathpenaltyprocon.org the crimes that are accepted for death penalty are called capital crimes. These crimes include first-degree murder charges, murder of law enforcement officers and their families, using firearms in a drug-related shooting, destruction of a government facility, and any other mass destruction that results in death. Oswald has committed mass murder throughout the series. He has been shown brutally murdering his underlings when they disobey him. He is perfectly okay with killing people if it gets him what he needs. In reality, Oswald would be facing a lot of murder charges. In some states, he could be sentenced to life in prison without parole. In some states, though, the death penalty is accepted. And in Oswald's case, that may be what he gets. However, in the end of Season 5 of Gotham, it fast-forwards to 10 years into the future, so viewers get to see what happens to the antagonists in Gotham. It's shown that despite all of what Oswald has done, the police are only able to get him locked up in prison for 10 years. This really shows exactly the difference between how things work in reality and how things are on TV another major law-breaking character in the Gotham series is Jerome Valeska in season one episode 15 of Gotham called the blind fortune teller it tells the story of young Jerome an 18-year-old son of a snake dancer who grew up in a circus. After Jim Gordon and his girlfriend go to the circus, they discover that there's a case waiting for them. Jerome's mother was dead. So it tells the story of how this happened, and then it is revealed that Jerome masterminded the entire thing. So Jerome goes to Arkham Asylum for murder, which is supposed to be a psychiatric facility for the criminally insane. However, all he seems to do in Arkham Asylum is find friends and learn how to be a better criminal. He's then broken out of Arkham to join this brutal gang called the Maniacs. While in this gang... He teams up with several other Arkham inmates and murders people to send a message. Some of the crimes that were committed were throwing employees from a news company off of the roof of a building and massacring the Gotham precinct. In these Events they were able to kill many police officers and the police commissioner. Jerome was later killed and then due to comic book lore and season three was brought back from the dead. After this, he was able to resume his killing spree. He killed civilians on the street and also killed more police officers. And then he created an entire cult in his name who brutally murdered whoever they felt like murdering. Jerome's case is definitely more of an anarchy case as he has no qualms about who he kills. In the earlier case with Oswald Cobblepot, he does have some sense of morality he does not just brutally murder every innocent civilian he comes across that he feels like it his targets need to generally have some sort of motive in regards to his organized crime syndicate however jerome is just an anarchist guest he likes to see bodies drop jerome has murdered many people including the brutal massacre of the police station. For Jerome's crimes, he is definitely more likely to get the death penalty if this is in reality. This is because not only has he committed mass murder of civilians, but he has also murdered many police officers. That is one of the number one crimes that is accepted for the death penalty. However, in Gotham, Jerome, after being caught trying to kill Bruce Wayne in Season 3, ends up being placed back in Arkham, and then, in the end of Season 4, he ends up escaping again. He then proceeds to kidnap the mayor, the police commissioner, and the archbishop, and blow two of them up and kill them. This then supports my cause for the death penalty because he murdered government-related officials. Drone does not seem to be getting the adequate punishment for his crimes. As being sent to Arkham Asylum is not being sent to prison To the extent that he would be in reality. Especially because he was able to escape. He was able to escape two times. His crimes will be remembered throughout the entire series. And he... Is more than likely one of the most murderous villains in the entire series. His brother also follows in his footsteps, but his brother takes a much different approach to the way he does things. Jerome's brother Jeremiah does not brutally murder the same way that Jerome does, but Jeremiah blows up all of Gotham City. Jerome is one of the most brutal of the characters in Gotham, but he is only Brutal in the ways of anarchy and it is very hard as a viewer to feel sympathy for Jerome We all know that he's a serious criminal and that the law has not done what it needs to in order to prosecute him He's now dead. So in the end of the series Nobody gets to know what happens to Jerome because he's already dead But his very sick brother Jeremiah Was locked up in Arkham And then he proceeded to escape and try to start a very bad criminal activity with Bruce Wayne. Though it's never revealed what exactly he had planned. However, in our last case, we look at Ivy Pepper. Ivy Pepper is a character that has evolved very much throughout the series. In season one of Gotham, Ivy was introduced as a 13-year-old girl. The first scene of Ivy is Detective Gordon and his partner, Detective Bullock, going to her father's house to question him. Her father was a suspect in the Waynes murder and he was actually framed in the conspiracy That I mentioned earlier. Mario Pepper, her father, was a violent man, so she grew up in a place of violence. Ivy even quoted in the beginning of the show, You don't want to talk to him, he's mean. After her father was found out, he attacked the police and he was killed. Ivy's mother also took her own life. Ivy was a 13-year-old girl with no parents, and because of the Gotham Law, there was not much that could be done to help her. The corrupt mayor tried to institute that all of the juveniles would be sent to a, a correctional facility, but most of them did not end up going there. Ivy was sent to foster care, But, because of her circumstances, she ran away. This happens with juveniles who grow up in violent homes and are in and out of foster care. In Ivy's case, she grew up on the street. She became what's known as a street kid. According to the Center for Problem Oriented Police, this is one of the most dangerous cases for juveniles to end up in, as they end up committing more crimes. The law can't do much to punish juveniles just for being a runaway. The police can try to bring them home, but they cannot hold them in a secure facility for very long without evidence of a crime. Many times, the police don't continue to search for a runaway because there are other, much more pressing and threatening cases that they need to deal with. And the amount of paperwork and bureaucracy that they would need to go through to transport a juvenile and to arrest them and keep them in custody is more than they wish to do. So in cases like IVs in Gotham, the law is already very corrupt and, even in reality, the law can only go so far. Ivy grew up as a street kid and through her teens. And she was involved in growing drugs for crime lords. And then, she ran into a creature that was created in the end of season two of Gotham, and he caused her to age until she looked like an adult. Ivy then continued stealing and living on the streets, and she created hypnotic perfumes to make people do what she asked. According to the law, she would then be facing larceny charges as she was stealing directly from people, and she also robs stores. However, then, Ivy decides that she needs a larger transformation in the beginning of Season 4. She goes into a Chinese man's potion shop, and she steals magical potions that she... ...can use to turn her into... ...something incredible... ...is what she thinks. This is what turns her into... ...the character known as Poison Ivy. After this change... ...she becomes ruthless. She decides to use her... ...new, inhuman abilities... ...to murder people... ...that she feels have wronged the plants. She decides to murder... A scientist who works for Wayne Enterprises because she thinks that he's hurting the plants. She then murders tries to murder Bruce Wayne, and he, she also kills all of Detective Bullock's co workers that he was working with when he quit his job at the police station. Ivy then discovers a serum that she can use that came from the waters of the Lazarus Pit that was mentioned earlier in the season. Ra's Ghoul Ghul used the Lazarus Pit to revive the dead, and Ivy figured out that she could use it to revive her plants. Ivy then decided to attack Bruce Wayne's charity event and killed several people in the process and then threatened to kill every person in the city. If she was able to do this, this could be looked at as mass murder in which she could be sentenced to the same charges that Jerome could be sentenced to. According to the law, Ivy would still be facing at least life in prison for the several people that she tried to murder. If they were to look back farther, she could also be charged for her previous crimes of robbery and larceny and assault. However, the law in Gotham does not provide much in the way for juvenile justice, So, if she had had more care in the juvenile system, there would have been a better chance of her not becoming what she became. In the end of the series, Ivy did not go to any facility or prison, partly because of her inhuman abilities, but also because there's just too much to deal with in the city. The whole law enforcement system is corrupt and nobody feels like dealing with it so there are many criminals on the streets of Gotham committing crimes and that in reality they would be prosecuted for these are just a few of the criminals in Gotham many of the other characters in Gotham are also criminals I chose these particular three because they're all unique in their own ways. They have all murdered people, they have all broken the law, but they've done it in separate ways and their charges may be different. Overall, I believe that the show Gotham does not represent how law works in reality. So, this is why I wrote this episode to compare how law works in Gotham to how it works in the real world. Thank you for watching.